Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. So, I want everybody to look up, um, nope, not going to tell you yet. One second. I need you to finish these sentences first, because if you look it up, you won't concentrate on this. If we're on a road trip, our kids say, are we there? Yes. Okay. Our little one wants to ride a bike. They say, I can't ride a bike yet. Um, oh, that looks really fun, but I don't know how to play pickleball. Okay, I've been once. It actually is a lot better than tennis because the court is so much smaller. Um, I had a baby 14 years ago, but I still haven't lo- lo- lost the baby weight. Okay, uh, this is us. Um, we are in the middle of renovations and have been for two years, but we don't feel like we're finished. So... What about your kids? Have you done your chores? Yeah, I mean, you may as well not even ask sometimes, right? Um, but yet is a really powerful word. It is a word that God has brought to my heart for months. Because yet is not just a small three-letter word. Yet actually brings a lot of emotions. Yet implies that there's hope. That there's still time. Still Nevertheless, it will happen. It's coming. And as I was really studying this word, and I just, I was pulled to, and this word you can open your Bibles to Jeremiah. And as I have been studying Jeremiah, let me tell you, there's a bunch of verses in Jeremiah that I quote frequently, but Jeremiah is kind of a crazy book. And we're going to jump into it today. And we're going to see how Jeremiah, he was a prophet. He was actually one of the most um, uh, really well-known with his prophetic ministry in the Old Testament. He had a lot of personal struggles. (laughs) He showed he was very dramatic. Raise your hand if you're dramatic. Raise your hand if you know somebody who's dramatic. Okay, Jeremiah was very dramatic. And he really liked to show us that, yes, he was called by God. But in his call from God, it was hard. And uh, as, we, as we are thinking about Jeremiah, really the whole book is about disobedience and how disobedience leads to destruction. Dot, 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 yet. Jeremiah had a very difficult calling from God. He was to preach to rebellious people who did not want to hear it. They had all turned their backs on God. They were stubborn. They were corrupt. Does that sound like our world right now? They wanted nothing to do with God. And in fact, we're going to see as as we keep looking at the book of Jeremiah, they actually wanted to kill Jeremiah for what he had to say. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7, he says, I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. He complained. Remember, Jeremiah, he's dramatic. But he couldn't stop. He didn't complain and stop. He complained and then yet kept going. And if we are going to talk about this two-word phrase, yet, I'm adding yet God. We're going to jump into the first um, four verses of Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you. In the womb, I set you apart 
before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations, but I protested. Oh no, Lord God, look, I can't speak. I'm only a youth. Then the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth for you will go to everyone I send to speak in whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. I could stop there and sit down and I think God could have spoken to our hearts through that. We looked at the Lord was speaking directly to Jeremiah and he was like, hey, okay, bud, congratulations. You are the spokesperson to God's people. P.S., they all hate me. And something that really stood out was Jeremiah's like, what in the heck? I protest. And something that um, he protested and it also shows that we think that Jeremiah, he was young. We're thinking he was a teenager which could be some of his dramatics. And I wonder how many of us immediately, we think of an excuse. We know God has called us to do that. But we think, nope, I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough money. I'm too busy. When we hear that, we think, well, no, I can't be like Jeremiah because Jeremiah was called by God and he was a spokesperson. You know what? He must, he must have just had all his stuff together. Jeremiah, he he was created by God. But God wanted to use him because yet God, you, whether you're three or 89, We are created by God. I think that what happens is I'm looking at Jesus. I am thinking about these amazing songs and I'm worshiping. But as soon as the song stops, I get my eyes off of Jesus and I start looking around. And I have found as I've been studying that I do this that I start looking around, well, ooh, okay, well, no, I think that God must have called that person because, you know, I have struggles, and so therefore, I don't think God would do that for me. Or we get our eyes of Jesus and we look on Instagram or Facebook or social media or the television, really anything that plugs in, and we start thinking, you know what? This is one that's for me personally. I am a little bit uh, unorganized. Um, I'm a little carefree. I have a very hard time paying attention. And so I say this, and I have tried to stop saying this. No, that mom is not a super mom. She's also doing her best. I heard a pastor say one time, this is good. Don't compare your behind the scenes with somebody else's highlight reel right? Because yeah, like we get dressed up on Sunday morning, so we don't look like a homeless person. But you come to my house on Tuesday night, (laughs) I'm not going to look the same. And and we compare, and I think the devil uses that against us. We start comparing, well, no, you don't understand. My house is not what it needs to be. I'm embarrassed to invite people over. Uh, My car isn't what it should be, or I don't look like that, or I, I... We start comparing everywhere. And this is not just for women, men. You start 
start comparing. You don't look on Instagram and think, oh, that guy looks better in a bathing suit probably. But you could giggle. This is supposed to be funny. Um, but men, oh, well, when I buy that boat, then I'll be happy. When I can provide this for my family, then I'll be good. Well, you know what? I just need to move up one more level on the corporate ladder and then I'm good. And it's really easy for us to look around and to give ourselves a reason why we can't serve God. But back to Jeremiah, he didn't have it all together. He was still called by God. But as we see through the book of Jeremiah, he still has struggles at literally every step. Jeremiah should have probably known that God was with him because pretty much the book goes, Jeremiah was, felt like he wasn't good enough. God was like, suck it up, buttercup. Jeremiah felt like he wasn't good enough. God would be like, oh, I got you, right? And so Jeremiah would get really, really, really excited and then he would forget. And I want you to think about this today. We should know. We should know that God is going to show up for us, but we forget. I've been following Jesus for 37 years. Yes, 37 years. I should know better. I should know better to get my feelings hurt by somebody at work who, you know what? That's their issue. I should know better than to get my eyes off of Jesus and onto something else. But I don't. We should know. Jeremiah should have known. Jeremiah was really like the biggest Debbie Downer ever. He also wrote this book called Lamentations. And I want you to just put your, uh, put your ears, just really listening to what he wrote in Lamentations. My eyes fail from weeping. I am torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. Because children and infants faint in the city. So, you know, yet in all this, we're starting to see that Jeremiah is a Debbie Downer or a rude Ron or a really, sometimes Jeremiah was truly kind of a jerk, okay? And we get our eyes off of Jesus and we get our eyes looking around and we become very negative. When you look around the world, raise your hand if it, you start to become negative, There's not a lot of positive if we just look around with not spiritual eyes. Is there? But when we put on those God glasses and we say, yet God, our perspective changes, but our life should change. Jeremiah writes a little bit later in chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I challenge you today to go home and write that and put that somewhere where you can see that a lot. Great is God's faithfulness. I think that is a moment where Jeremiah remembered the yet God. Are are we in this where we're like weeping, like in lamentations? Or are we to the point where we say, God, great is your faithfulness. It is well as hands down my favorite hymn. It has been since I was little. 
And it reminds us to stop looking at our situation and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Great is your faithfulness. At this moment, Jeremiah saw yet God. And I truly believe this. I'm naturally a pretty positive person. Who who thinks they're a positive person in here? Just give me a high five. Usually people tend to be either, you know, I get it. I'm a pretty positive person, so it's a little bit easier for me to look at the glimmering ray of hope that's emerged in the darkness. But let me tell you this, my negative Nancys. There's a glimmering ray of hope for all of us. Not, but if our eyes are shut, can we see that glimmering ray of hope? We can't see it. If my eyes are shut, I'm not gonna see that God wink in my life. I'm not gonna see how God provided over and over again. Yesterday, my husband and I have been praying about something specific and I've been praying a big prayer behind it. And yesterday he said, hey, look, look at this text. Look what God just did. And I wasn't like, what? God answered? I was like, yes, God answered. But I look at that as a glimmering ray of hope in my life. With God, there is always a yet. My friend, you could be going through a time of devastation in your personal life. You're not here today hearing this message by chance. Maybe you feel like you're standing in ruins and everything around you is crumbling. I encourage you, it's not over. Yet, God. No matter how dead our situation is, no matter how deep in the valley we feel, there is always a yet God in that valley. And I'm gonna give you a little practical with that. You think, yeah, sure, that sounds awesome, but I would say not but, yet. Recall, remind yourself, make a blessing journal. Write down the goodness of God in your life. You're gonna start to dare to hope. We make this a practice with our family. Yeah, there's gonna be negative in your life, okay? But we wanna make a practice of hope. Oh my goodness, that friend called me in the car, so I stopped to answer it, and a car crash happened in front of me. Yet, God. That was God's way of saving me from a car crash. When you start to look for the yet gods in your life, you're gonna see them everywhere, and everybody around you, they're gonna go, you're crazy. But we wanna be that person who lives in the yet God, because let me declare this over for you. God has already done it. He's going to do it again. God hasn't decided, okay, oh, Ava, I've already provided for you. Oh, done. Okay, let's go to the next. It doesn't work like that. And even if it did, that would still give us hope because at least God sees us, right? And maybe you're, you're really praying through, but I don't know what to do with my job situation. Well, we just sold our house and we don't have a new one. My, my kids, I don't even know what to do. I wake up feeling sick to my stomach. I go to bed feeling sick to my stomach. I'm struggling with anxiety. Sometimes getting here to church this morning is the hardest thing you've done all week. Yet, God. I'm gonna give you two practical truths. Because I think we need to actively play this out I remember somebody told me when I first started going back to work, I was a stay-at-home mom for like 13, 14 years, and it was amazing. And I went back to work. 
It's kind of amazing. Um, but I love my job. But I remember somebody saying, oh, Shira, it's going to be so easy. Yeah, it wasn't. It's still not. I'm not an early morning person. Oh, just wake up at 4.30 and work out. If I wake up at 4.30, you're not going to want to talk to me. Something that is easy for somebody else does not mean it's easy for you. My best friend in Tennessee is like a, she makes these cakes and sells them and it's crazy. She's like, Shira, you got it. You can do this. She was 100% sure I could do it. I was like, Nat, I don't think you understand. Like I wasn't trying to be falsely humble. Like I'm really bad at baking. Anybody take a guess why? (laughs) I'm like, one teaspoon? Yeah, close enough. Vegetable oil, I got (laughs) EVOO. No butter, what about some applesauce? Okay, um, you can't also substitute white sugar for brown sugar, just if anybody tries it. Um, so, we all, <laughs> we all have a different step today. My step is going to be different from yours. Some of you, it might just be a little teeny tiny step. I believe with all my heart that some of you in here today, you've been sitting in the same seat and you need a little kick in your rear. Yet, God. Two points. Number one, something my mom told me you should never pray for. Anybody know? Patience. Patience. We're waiting for yet. I love this worship song. I would sing it, but your ears might bleed. You may not know how I want you to, but here's what I'll do. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I have this written in my Bible, and I look at it a lot. Patience with others is love. Patience with self is hope. Patience with God is faith. Sometimes I I really am not patient with others myself or with God, to be honest. Patience with others is love. Patience with self is hope. Patience with God is faith. God intends to do something that you cannot see today. Praise the Lord that he has a plan better than ours. I think back to the guy I dated before, Bobby. Ugh, I can't imagine if I'd have married him. I met Bobby in like 19 years he still walks around. I'm like, man, he is sexy. I probably shouldn't say that in church. <laughs> he is attractive. I say attractive. And, but <laughs> I knew God had a yet God in my story. And I knew I needed to wait. And when everybody around me was like, oh, no, Shira, do this, do this. I could sense it. No, there's something not right. I need to wait. Here's a cool thing, and this is why I told you this. Nobody knew that but who? Me and God. He didn't tell everybody in this room, guys, guess what? Shira is not going to marry that guy. She's going to marry Bobby. And you guys came to me and said, Shira, you should marry him. Actually, when Bobby and I got engaged, two um, kind of ex-friends that were boys both contacted me and were like, oh, well, God told me I'm going to marry you. And I said, well, I can't marry three, so I think you're speaking to the wrong God. (laughs) 
Just because we can't see it today does not mean it's not going to happen. Teenagers, just because we can't see it today, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I love this verse in 1 John 5, 14, and 15. We ask anything, but I like this part, according to his will. You know what I learned as I get older? Two things, really. Number one, never say never. I would never let my kids do that. Oh, well, have, okay? My other one is don't, don't put God in a box. When I have a heart like God, I want what he wants. I love my husband. So I want to do things that he likes. I want to make dinners that he likes most of the time. I, because I love him, I love God more. So I, when you are in, you're in union with Jesus, you're going to want what he wants. And have you ever questioned God's timing? And then you look back and you're like, wow, God, actually, great job. If you had done that before, I would have really screwed that up. Maybe what's something that you hope for? I believe that there is some of us in this room today, so you've told nobody of your secret hope deep down because logistically it would make no sense. I want to encourage you, don't you give up. Dare to dream. Our God is in, oh, well, okay, you can only do this. Y'all, how amazing would it be if just the people in this room, we got on fire for Jesus. We could change Oakity. We could change Bluffton. This is all it takes. Jesus says it takes a little flame. This is a big bonfire. If we started living not in the yet Shira, yet my kids, we start living in the yet God. Use me. We're going to get ridiculed. Jeremiah got ridiculed. He was, they tried to kill him. They hated him. People should hate you. Not because you're a jerk. They should not like you because we're standing up for God. We're standing up the one who died on the cross for me. Jesus didn't do that so we can hide into our houses and have a comfortable life. He did that so we could be a light and bring others to Jesus. When sickness happens, when, when recession happens, when disagreements happen, yet God, I'm going to handle this the best way I know. God, come into it. My second point, this word isn't as triggerish. It's not patience. Expectation. Who likes the word expectation? Actually, this word makes me think of, I I don't know if you can believe this or not. I wasn't really a very good student in school. Um, I had a really, really hard time paying attention. This was way before ADHD was even a thing. It was get a spanking and go long. And I'd be like, like in class, okay? And so when I hear the word expectations, you know what I go to? I go to my teacher saying, Shira, I expect you to stop moving that leg. I wanted to say, and I didn't, because I was a nice child. Well, I expect you to leave me alone. (laughs) My parents were really strict, so I couldn't say that. (laughs) But we have expectations for ourselves and others. And I have a really good friend the other day, and she said, Shira, you wouldn't expect that of me. Why do you expect that of yourself? We need to have a good expectation, because this is where you can smile. That yet God is going to happen. It is going to happen. Sometimes when I get really discouraged, I sit in my closet. I have a little prayer closet with my Bible. 
And I just say, God, I need a little glimmer of hope. I need something because it feels like this is never, ever, ever going to happen. And I don't know how much more I can hang on. And most of our struggles, guys, are private. Most of those struggles that nobody sees, we should be on our knees saying, yet God, I expect you. I'm anticipating when you come in, you're going to make beauty from ashes. God is going to show up. But guys, some of us are sitting in the waiting room. I don't know about you. I don't love the waiting room. When I go to the waiting room, for my dentist especially, because I have all kinds of teeth issues. And when I go in the waiting room, and I'm not like, oh, I love this room. These chairs are awesome. Let me touch everything. It's so clean. Oh, I need to wait another two hours. That's cool. I like this room. Right? Okay. Well, I think some of us are in a waiting room. It's not your turn yet. That's hard for me to swallow. God, why are you blessing them when I am trying so hard to be faithful? It's not my turn. It's not your turn. But you know what? When I'm looking at God and it's somebody else's turn, I don't go talk about him. You know what I do? I am so happy that God did that for you. I don't make everything about When we're in that waiting room, we're not like, actually, I actually don't mind the waiting room too much because nobody usually is talking to me, okay? But when I'm there for a little while, it's not a great place to be. I want to ask you this, and I want you to think about this. Do I believe that God is going to show up? Do I believe that God has a plan for me, for you, and you're a part of it? I want to live knowing that God is going to finish what he started And he has a great plan for me. God calls us to wait for what we do not see. Let me see that again. God calls us to wait for what we do not see. We're not waiting if we can see it. That's not waiting. That's not God. That's, I deserve that. I need to see it, God. We need to hope and we need to trust that there is a future for us. You may be enduring a hardship, There is joy in the morning. In Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, Lord, that a person's way of life is not his own. No one who walks to determine his own steps. Mark 11, 24, when you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. Romans 8, 25, we hope for what we do not see. My child is not saved yet. This situation in my family is not better yet. I don't have a job that we need yet. I'm sick. I'm not healed yet. I'm lonely. God hasn't brought me community yet. All you want in this Mother's Day is to be a mom. It hasn't happened yet. You think of, I want somebody to marry that is going to think I'm awesome and I think they're awesome. It hasn't happened yet. Am I teachable? Let me step on your toes for a second. What is your yet? If we truly believe that the Lord is the Lord of our life, just like Jeremiah, he was teachable. Are you serving? Not yet. Are you giving? Hard one. I'm married to somebody who is 
very giving. Sometimes it's hard. Bobby, we can't do that yet. I don't want to work in the nursery yet. Join a small group. Are you kidding? I'm not there yet. I'm going to read a couple verses. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord. He answered me and he rescued me from my fears. This is all part of this plan. We don't know. Our yet guys, our yet is gonna look really fuzzy. God wouldn't ask us to take a step of faith and then explain it to all and then tell us, right? I wanna ask you today, are you taking a step towards your yet? Maybe you think, sure, I, you're a wackadoodle. What are you talking about? Let me tell you this. Have you asked Jesus? Have you professed the name of Jesus? You say, I am a sinner. I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I know he rose again. And if I believe in my mouth and I confess that he is Lord, I am a Christian. I am, we call it salvation. That could be your yet. You think, I don't know where I'm going to go. When I lay down in bed, I'm like, ah, that could be your step today. I want you to close your eyes and I want to read some scripture over you. And I want you to think through your, your heart. Psalm 37, seven, be silent before the Lord. Wait expectantly for him. Don't be agitated by the one who prospers in his way because that person carries out evil plans. Proverbs 24, a righteous man may fail or fall seven times, yet he will rise again. Isaiah 54, that the mountains be shaken and the hills removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Your yet is not done. God is just beginning. Jesus, I thank you for the yets in our life. I thank you, God, that you're not a God who looks down on us on judgment and critique. I pray for each person under my voice this morning, Lord. I want to be a church. I want to be a community that is natural every day of our life. We say, yet God, help us to have more faith in giving. Help us to have more faith in serving. Help us to have more faith in making community and friendships and being vulnerable, God. You've shown me so much in my heart that I don't live always with a yet God. I live with a yet me, God. I pray that you wipe that out and that we walk away today changed because of yet God. We love you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you for the yets. We're so undeserving. I pray for the hurts in this room. I pray for a peace that passes all understanding. I pray for the hopes in this room. Mother's Day is so hard on so many levels for so many people, God. We recognize that. We hear that, God. Help us to not think about ourselves today, but look around at some other women who are struggling, Jesus. We need to lift them up and pray over them. Yet, God... I pray for the families in here that are broken. They wake up fighting. They go to bed sleep, go to bed fighting. Yet, God, go into their house, Lord. 
Change their dad. Change the mom. Let the kids see that you, God, you own everything, but you also are everything. You can change habits. You can change strongholds. I pray that today. I pray that we take a step, whether it's big or small, and we say, yet God, I trust you, even though I don't see it. That we will take a step in faith and we will not follow our feelings, God. We love you. I thank you for the book of Jeremiah. I thank you for the prophet Jeremiah, even with his bad attitude. Help us to be bold like him. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.